into the world. But to change the world in a way that means anything, it's slow, it's methodical. Welcome to 2-Bit Encryption, the officially unofficial podcast for Mr. Robot on USA. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And our format has been entirely broken this week. Uh, Mr. Robot hacked our format because I, the recap the recap is ridiculous this week. Yeah, there's no I, next just, scene. No, I'm just going to read through the whole thing. No, I'm not going to. I'm going to do a real-time podcast. I tried to break it up into like as much of like individual scene descriptions at the like important pivot points but fuck me man what am i supposed to do with one scene i uh, just give up ah oh, i feel violated sam Esmail. <laughs> uh, i don't i don't know what to do uh but what'd you think of this episode i thought it was awesome i was like a long time into the episode until i realized because i i watched this typically the next morning on the usa app mm-hmm. so there are commercials, but they're not as quite as in like there's like usually one or two every so many minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until a long time I was thinking like, man, this this is a really intense episode. It has a like a feeling of like a of like a mid season, mid to late season twenty four episode. And it's really propelling the plot forward. Then I realized, holy shit, there's no commercials. Yeah. Now I remember someone sending in feedback last week saying that this next week was rumored to be commercial free without interruption, mm-hmm. and like i i don't know i thought it was really cool and effective and very absorbing and not having because like you know 24 did that same thing too the real time but they had commercials yeah so you had to have you know jack bauer driving someplace or otherwise unoccupied for five minutes so you could get the commercial breaks in this was uh-huh. really cool and i think it paid off and i salute both Esmail and usa for attempting the experiment yeah, um, that's the thing. I went into this kind of spoiled on the fact that it was going to be a oneer the entire episode. Oh, see, I I I did not know that because uh, I or I had like very good speculation on it was happening on Reddit and right. people were saying, yeah, it's supposed to be uninterrupted. I think it's going to be all one shot based on the previews. Um, turns out it was, so I kind of was braced for it going in, and ultimately, I think this. This kind of stuff is tricky, even when done in in small bits. Oh no, you didn't um, like the show? No, I actually liked it a lot. Um, I think it's better than it really had any right to be because a lot of the time you will sacrifice narrative when you do this um, in the on the altar of style, uh, and I think that is a pitfall that so many shows fall into when they try and do something ambitious uh, visually. This felt like an episode that was propelling itself forward in a natural way uh through real-time events and i i think it was you know a triumph of the writing the directing um you know the effects department everybody came together and made what i feel is a really engaging and cohesive story inside of this one shot episode Hmm. so you're saying that all those other things you said are the things you thought could go wrong and it didn't? Yeah. Okay, okay. Because you're right. Like, I wonder if Sam Esmail had the idea to do a one episode or he got to this point in the plot and, like, I wonder if. Because the other thing is, yeah. I don't... I, I almost think it's it's dumb to talk about it in terms of one because, like, even if you don't know the tricks of the trade, the, the cuts are pretty obvious and... Yeah. and uh 
Uh, and then, like Sam Asmell said in an interview with Alan Sepinwald, that the longest continuous cut is in the very beginning of the episode where where uh, Elliot uh, gets off the elevator, walks to his desk, interfaces with Samir until it actually zooms in on the login. That's like a two or three minute cut. So it's not like True Detective, which even then yeah. was hid two or three cuts, but it wasn't like fighting over five acres of trailer park with gunplay and going in and out. Of, like <laughs> like it, 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 the technique wasn't as impressive as... Yeah. The narrative urgency it got from never breaking away from the action, and they, right. and they set it up when 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 they go like to the above angle, and Elliot implores us to stay with him, like it's it's like he we just 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 ran with it, and how they were able to transition from him to Elliot using the riot, mm-hmm. like focusing on a riot until we until we got to, to we got to Angela, I thought was amazing. Like that, they're able to shift POVs and then bring it back to the end. I, I, I thought it was great. This is the rare episode that I watched two times without even taking notes, just for uh-huh. pure like, okay, I want to immediately run that back. I went, I'm like, I got done the first time. I'm like, holy shit, that was amazing. What did I see? Go out, get lunch, come back, sit down, and watch it again mm-hmm. without any kind of notes or interruption. Then the third time, I actually watched it for my notes and stuff. But yeah. I, I thought this was a great – it was as signature and, like, punctuating as the uh, the, the 80s episode from last oh, year. Oh, yeah. But far more effective and, mm-hmm. and, and less just, like, showy for showiness sake. Sure. Yeah. So I, I thought it was great. And this, this season of Mr. Robot continues to uh, – continues to impress. Uh Okay. Should we get into the recap? Why not? Hey, everybody, before we get to the episode in detail, I want to talk about housekeeping for Bald Move this week. Everything I'm about to say, you can find on baldmove.com. Of course, we got Mr. Robot, like always. Of course, Cecil and I are holding down the fort on American Horror Story. We're also working our way through The Walking Dead, which, by the way, if you're one of those the people that don't watch The Walking Dead but likes listening to the podcast, don't miss this week. You don't want to miss the birth of Guy Ferrari. <laughs> no, you've dealt. It's, it's, it, 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 it's, it's an all-time Bald Move classic. Uh, we also saw, we also, and we're wrapping up our Game of Thrones coverage. We just did Blackwater, which is one of the highlights for episode. Shit, it's highlight of, of, of Game of Thrones period, but certainly of the second season. Next week is our last before we sign off for a good long while on that. Uh, also we covered Murder on the Orient Express, uh, the new Agatha Christie novel based movie by Kenneth Branagh. Uh, and much, much, much more all the time, not in stop, like a, like a one-take episode of, of Mr. Robot at baldmove.com. Check it all out. All right, we start off with Elliot going into work on Monday. He gets a call from Darlene telling him to meet him downstairs in 10 minutes, and he's trying to figure out why something feels off and he can't remember the weekend. Uh, then he accidentally tells off his coworker before he realizes – Oh, I'm getting fired, and the Dark Army tried to run stage two earlier this morning, so he runs off into the bowels of the building to buy time until he can figure out how to stop the Dark Army. Uh, what did you think? So the, the couple noteworthy things is when he gets on the elevator, there's this gentleman that's speaking German, mm-hmm. the translation of which is, all, begins, all beginnings are hard, starting is easy, persistence is an art. Yeah. Who is that speaking to? Uh, I think that's Elliot talking to himself, honestly. Is Sam Esmeal pumping himself up for the the wonder? <laughs> Maybe it's it's very <laughs> akin to the "Hang in there, baby" from last mm. last year that was hidden in the the audio track. 
But it's it's Mr. Robot to Elliot because Elliot is wanting to pump the brakes and throw cold water on this well, thing the whole time. Well, sort I, of, but no. Right. Uh, I mean, he his his rational mind says yes, that's what I want to do. But there's something inside him, as he says, that wants to see it through. Yeah, that, and, and I think that German guy is that that irrational side of him. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, the whole, like, realizing he lost a whole weekend, and I like the electrical crackling every time he gets one of those things that reminds him that, that his, his, his routine is crashed, he's got a runtime error. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and the description of the runtime error fits really well with what he's experiencing. Yeah, that, like, you know, programs have these routines, they run sequentially, and when something unexpected happens, you, it crashes. Mm-hmm. Um, it I, can I, often be caused by a, a memory issue. Yeah. Uh, which yes. we know he's experienced. Yes. Um, I I felt like him, Samir, getting told off, I liked. <laughs> yeah, Because, you know, guy. we were really we were really pounding on him last week yeah. and very annoying. And, like, this, this, this like, saying, this, like, this radical honesty that <laughs> Elliot accidentally employed. And then the whole, you know, he's he's got that little, like, cat smile he's got when he thinks that. Then the guy's like, you know what, Elliot? Fuck you. If mm-hmm. you don't want to hear my entertaining exploits, then I'll just stay silent. And he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> Happy little accident, and then like I, I love whenever that he's got this real time narration, this socially awkward situation. Yeah, uh, it's good. I actually even the the first scene up here, the ride up with Angela, mm-hmm. felt very tense because of what we know is going on. Because a- I mean, Angela does, knows he's she's fucked over Elliot. Elliot right? Does doesn't he know yet? Does he know? I mean, but she's the, not right. sure that he he doesn't. You know, and she's not sure that he doesn't know she's getting him fired that day. Like. There's a lot of going on in that scene that isn't spoken, and I think it's pretty good. Yeah, there's a, like this stuff that, like, and it doesn't hold your hand. It just assumes that you're going to realize that her and Mr. Robot have been trying to undo the damage that he's done all weekend long and have probably mm-hmm. been drugging him every single time he uh-huh. wakes back up. And uh, it's it's it, exciting because of what it does to Elliot and Angela's relationship because – previous this episode i've always kind of had suspicion that she's playing she's playing white rose and mr robot but she really you know we said it last week like she believes in in, in white rose and mr robot but she loves elliot i don't know because if she's so far in the cult of white rose that no matter what happens white rose can fix it then she can do anything she's like yeah. those dark army guys that blow their heads off as soon as they accomplish their mission because mm-hmm. they are I guess like that. I, I guess they're secure in the knowledge that none of this is real, or this can all be undone, or whatever mumbo jumbo yeah. that she's got, either in real life or just concocted. It's it's indistinguishable from a from a kook cult, right? Um, so like, what does it mean to say you can trust Angela or that Angela loves Elliot? Like, I don't know, man. It's, it it also starts like you know, there's a lot of people this week on Reddit recontextualizing things they think you know like for example why would a loving father throw his son out of a upstairs window well yeah what if what if the uh, the original mr alderson was you know in on the white rose plot and was a believer in it like you uh-huh. know what does it matter if you throw your son out the window it's yeah depending on your timelines or your time travel or your quantum reality what does that even mean <laughs> but you know that and then you're starting like okay well now you're now you're you're overstepping the evidence that's actually in the episode but that's the well, shit I mean, that's the, the prospect that... of hitting undo is something that they've not just hinted at right i mean that's something the white rose promised angela right um, so 
Yeah, what what links won't you go to when no. you believe there's an ultimate undo button? That's what I'm saying. Like even in the straightforward propelling action narrative, what I realize in subsequent watches is there's all these meta discussions that are swirling under the surface mm-hmm. that is like it's it's this really dense dense storytelling. It is for sure. Um, I, I guess so. Philip actually fired Elliot. Yeah, apparently uh, at Angela's request. After knowing that Angela was working with White Rose, he did no. He did. He did no call, no show on Friday. Yeah. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it's just company policy. Maybe yeah, like because Angela wanted to fire him without <laughs> cause. Uh, no, no call, no show is pretty much cause everywhere you go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what an idiot. Um, I guess maybe he just trusts Angela too much. But or, but we also don't know Phillips playing. Um, it does yeah, seem like true. by the end of the day that. I guess we don't know whether Phase 2 actually hit off without a hitch. Right. It seems like it would have. It seems like at the end of the episode, that building would explode. Well, potentially, but not a lot of time has passed, right? I mean, 45 minutes from the beginning to the end of this episode passes. Do you think 45 minutes, or not even 45 minutes, 10 minutes? How long is there after Angela gets the package back to Red Barbecue guy, Red Mm -hmm. Wheelbarrow guy? Um how long is it going to take to get the HSM uh, to sign new code, get it loaded onto all the things through the back doors? Like, it's going to take a little while. I guess plus I still the chemical think they can reaction, day, the hydrogen but... has to build up, too. Right. Like, how long does that yeah. take? Like, I don't I, I don't know. I mean, I guess my, the, the, my point is that I think in this universe that it could blow at any time now. Yeah. Like all the, all, and like, like even Elliot is giving up stopping it and is going more towards mitigating, mitigating damage. Yeah. Uh, okay. So Elliot evades security by going one floor up. I did like, before we move on, yeah. like I thought like that was one of the things where his eyes kind of breathless is when he logs into his machine and finds out that Dark Army tried to blow up the building at 6.07 this morning. And right. the only thing that stopped him is his patching the system so they wouldn't have that vulnerability. Like, yeah. Whole, if I'm an Elliot, like, like, and he's realizing that he, oh my god, I've been out this whole weekend and Mr. Robot's been running amok and they actually tried to do it without me. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's some genuine, that's some genuine stakes. For sure, yeah. Hey, I, it makes me wonder what what does White Rose think was the cause of the failure that morning. So you, you get in there 6 a.m., you try and run the thing, stage two doesn't go off. Mm-hmm. What does White Rose think? I, she's thinking she's probably like, like oh, re- the I, guys at E-Corp patched the system? No. no. I imagine she's really pissed. Yeah. Uh, although, but like, she doesn't know to be pissed at Elliot yet. Not yet, I guess. Because, I mean, she it's will. clear that, uh, right, I think Irving is is getting wise and to i don't even know if she's pissed here, because but... she seems like he has this very sanguine kind of like view of elliot of like well it's it's going to everything that has to happen is going to happen yeah um i mean obviously she'd be mad if she can't punish philip price on the day because that's the other thing yep. is white rose wanted this to happen on this day yeah and we see by the end of the episode that the congo has indeed been annexed by china mm-hmm uh, which you know that's that's kind of off the chart tot dab kind of stuff, but uh, um, it's 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 the way the plot's going. So I guess it has to. My, my assumption is that the building has to blow up today. Yeah, if if White Rose gets her wish, sure. And it's early in the morning. Like like what it is, is it? the yeah. elevator rides like at nine o'clock in the morning. So like we mm-hmm. are throughout this episode haven't even cracked ten o'clock. Right. So there's plenty of time for that building to explode. Mm-hmm. 
Okay, Elliot evades security by going up one floor where he looks for a terminal to use. He tries to take an old lady's workstation, but she is on her shit. Yeah, I, lo- I love that. <laughs> I love that they zip. Because I, I, I actually kind of rolled my eyes when I'm like, that's not cool to just... And right. then, yeah. This old lady huffing white out. She's like, I must take exception. My workstation <laughs> has been hardened beyond the standard. And, I'm, yeah, and then he's like, oh my God, pick the wrong target. <laughs> yep. Uh, and before that, one of my maybe favorite lines in all of Mr. Robot was... When he slows everything down, he's trying to play it cool, and he says, what am I doing? I'll still get caught, and it'll be painfully slow to watch. <laughs> right. Because he's, still, he's still aware, like, I'm, I'm, this is not helping me react. I'm still looking like a fish right. out of water. And it's, it's the perfect, like, sort of, uh, uh, I guess, double meaning here. Mm-hmm. Like, you can take it as a fourth wall break and say that he's talking to us. It, like, it'll be bad TV to watch. Or you can take it as him going, I'm just going to watch myself get taken down in slow motion. Right. That's not fun for me. <laughs> right. I also really like the stairwell s- s- tension where he goes out and he looks up and there's a guy saying, yeah, I'm I'm going mm-hmm. to get him. And he's like, oh, shit. And then there's the security down the st- floor below. And then he realizes that the, the guy up there is talking to his ex-wife about a custody battle. Yeah. I thought that was a really, really cool moment and how he... The, the, you know, another, like, small social social engineering that he's able to get this guy to open his badge. Mm-hmm. And I was amazed, like, on Reddit, there's a thread where people thought about that. And I'm like, That's... maybe, I mean, I've never worked at the Pentagon or, mm-hmm. like, fucking Lockheed Martin or Raytheon or something like that. But I've worked at companies that are, like, level one PCI compliant where this mm-hmm. is a big deal. And it's the fucking devil. Yeah. it's I've worked for places that have, like, student loan information and, like, security is taken serious. And it's the fucking devil to get people to not hold doors and to – because, like, everything in your – everything that you've ever been taught, if you were raised right by your mother and father, is that you should be helpful and friendly to people that are – And the company and, culture wants you to. Like, let's all be a right, team and let's work together. Except for this together. one little thing. Except I want you to slam the door in that fucker's face. Like, they'll, they'll tell you in the orientation. Like, I don't care if you know the guy. Yep, like, you yep. like, no, like, you know – I don't care if it's a CEO trying to get in behind you. Right. Don't let him. Right. Yeah. And it's just like – Good luck with the teamwork. It's very, like – Maybe the first and, and the thing this is this is before the building was on lockdown. Yeah, like you know, it's it's a lot. It'd be a lot harder if once the building's on lockdown. But like I had I had no problem with that at all. No, me. That either. shit happens as a as a former security compliance officer. Yeah, that shit happens all the time, and it's the <laughs> devil to make it stop. Right. Uh, so yeah, this this uh, whiteout huffing lady points. Elliot over to some other guy's workstation where he learns that the, the Dark Army is trying to work around his patch by writing their own hardware code um, and getting it implemented, and they need access to the HSMs to do that. So Elliot sets off to find them. So if you don't understand, and I don't, I don't understand a lot of the hacking that goes on this episode, but the yeah. HSMs, the hardware security modules, are the things that determine whether patches are genuine and they come like if you if you ever install like a patch from Microsoft and it says this is a genuine Microsoft patch or if you go onto a website where it says like you download stuff and it says you can you can like compare it uh, this this hash check to see if it's genuine most people don't but like there's yeah. ways you can tell when something has come from a company and it's tr- and it's it's trusted and it's not a, it's not from some hack job and what Elliot's doing is trying to actually hack the systems that do this authentication and this trust so he he can run any kind of unsigned uh malicious uh shit that he wants in this case it's the opposite of malware it's not exploderware but <laughs> right <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, I mean, the Dark Army is trying to get the 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 ability to do that, right? Right. To rewrite the the backups, so like to put new code on the hardware that is the backups, and the backups will think it comes from the company that made them, so right. it's so safe. they'll accept it. Yeah. Right. 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 Um, it's it's kind of complex, but but it's also kind of you can treat it just as a MacGuffin. Right. Yeah. Uh, so Elliot sees there's security blocking his path when he he gets to the next floor. Um, and he goes into a conference room where he bullshits to buy time until security leaves. And he narrowly makes it into the elevator where he consults with his imagined virgin version of Mr. Robot about what he should do. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Robot or or himself, it's it's gets a little muddier here, but he decides to leave the building and try to get the records uh, facility evacuated by calling it a bomb threat. He's, he's more concerned about saving the people. And then he'll find a way to get back in. Yeah, I, I, I really like the confusion that you feel when you're watching the scene. And like, even Elliot's like, "You're not real," and mm-hmm. he's like, "What? Why are you being?" But this blows the lid off that these are not completely siloed, separate personalities. Elliot yeah. influences Mister Robot and is Mister Robot. Mister Robot is Elliot. Yeah, he's looking to to for Mister Robot's help here. He wants mm-hmm. to access his resourcefulness, right? Yes. Which is a part of him, and he can yeah. manifest that when 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 needed. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to me that Mr. Robot kind of misdirects Elliot here. I think if Elliot wasn't focused on getting the people out of the building at that moment, he might have beat Angela to the punch right. at these HSMs. Yeah. Um, and he might have actually stopped this hack from going down. But how would he have known that that was going to happen? You know, He wouldn't, but his, first in- his initial impulse was to go after the HSM. Right. 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 And then he altered the plan because of something Mr. Robot told him. Oh, I can't help but think that Mr. Mr. Robot, Robot, that was... part of Elliot, is pushing him in the direction in the of, yeah, yeah. That like, hey, you need to accept this is going to happen, so now go to mitigate harm rather than right. trying to prevent it. Right. Which is something that, that's another interesting thing that Angela also seems obsessed with the mitigation of harm. Mm-hmm. Although she does also subscribe to White Rose's theory, or she, she she subscribes to the cult of White Rose that all this stuff can be fixed and changed. Yeah. So I wonder <laughs> if that's intentionally, like, we're supposed to see a crack in her faith or her facade. Right. Um, that shows that she's not, she says she's on board, but at some kind of deep gut level, she's not on board enough to risk her lives of potentially thousands of people. Yeah. Or that maybe hit undo doesn't mean necessarily what we think it means. True. That's true, too. Um, it, the the other interesting thing about that, I guess, is Angela is going to think that Irving kept his promise to get these people out of the building. I don't think that's true. I think it was only by the grace of Elliot shouting, hey, there's a bomb in your building, that these people would be evacuated. So what kind of... It gives Angela false information about the people she's working that's with. That's a good point. That's a good point. Um, well, I don't know also if that's going to come back at It all, also but... gives us false information because if, if the Dark Army had some kind of evacuation plan that was going to happen five minutes from now, right. and Elliot calls in a bomb threat that then... So it's like one of those things like, this is this fucking show, man. Yeah. This fucking show. Like but, anything, but I think everything in, in, they any told finger us... You point, it's, there's four fingers pointed back at you. It's true. I, I guess I'm going on the reading of last episode to say yeah, yeah. Irving Irving was lying to Angela in that scene. Totally. And they don't have a plan to I mean, evacuate. I think it's obvious when he's like, oh, yeah, sure. Evacuation yeah. plan, no problem. But, <laughs> right. like, but that's that's taking... I, I'm, I'm putting Irving's used car salesman personality on top of that like i don't yeah like it is it's like it's certainly the dialogue doesn't say i'm bullshitting you that's that's mm-hmm. something we're, we're we're thinking ourselves so it's like it's it's just 
uh, fourth dimensional chess they're playing with the writing here where you can't be sure of anything yeah it's great uh and the other thing that i find interesting about that is later on irving when, when angela you know executes the hack and she's on the phone with irving in the elevator um she says something about the evacuation again, and he says, yeah, that's been taken care of. Mm-hmm. So I, he doesn't say we took care of that. He says it has been taken care of. Well, it also and, doesn't. And I think, I think that might have been taken care of by Elliot, incidentally. Because uh, uh, you know? I'm like, the other way is like, been taken care of is a very <laughs> nebulous thing. Right. Like, taken care of by like, yeah, we completely ignored it, or, yep. you know, no one's going to be talking about it. And the, the other thing is like interesting is that, Angela knows full well by the end of this episode that that woman that she said has compromised her is probably going to be murdered. She's got to know that. She's got to know that, and yet she's concerned with the innocent people. So it's like her her moral framework is super interesting, and it's also more fuel for the fodder that perhaps Angela has her own split personality that represents her mother. Okay. Because, like, Angela is concerned with people's safety. Angela's mother wants to get the fucking mission done. Hmm. I mean, it's not, but that's like the other thing that set the the Reddit Mr. Robot subreddit on fire is Sam Esmail gave an interview where he said he saw first, I think he said the exact quote was along the line. Well, it's not the exact quote. My surmise of his quote was that at this point in the season, he's already seen some fans getting very close to what he called. Not the central twist, but and not the central theme, but like one of the major plot points. Mm-hmm. And when you think about some of the big, like you know, the big things that have been talked about this season. It's the Darlene plane crash theory. It's the you know the the alternate dimension time travel stuff. It's the like Angela having a split personality component to her. Like one of the popular theories, and there's like six of them right now. Um, it's the Bitcoin thing. Uh, with the the mining of the Bitcoin in the quantum computer. And... Yeah, yeah. One one of those one of those things is is pretty close to the mark. He didn't say it's confirmed mm. or like on, but like the people are people are getting close. And I yeah. hope I hope that the season holds up. You know that that like that it's paced in such a way that the that that knowing the reveal is not going to ruin it because I I I I feel like that the community is getting pretty close to solving it. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. That stuff has been interesting to watch too. Just the meta around it and the theorizing right there's like two args the ones that just yeah. go to baby monitors and you get little images and then there's also like trying to figure out mr robot before mr robot's ready for you too yep all right uh so elliot's outside and darlene shows up and tells hey, J- him jim what does democracy look like uh this is what it looks like okay okay i was like a little protesters. fuzzy i was a little fuzzy <laughs> watching this three times of what democracy indeed looks like i can't that chant breaks my brain. Yeah. Because the rhythm is all off. Uh-huh. As as someone who has taken music lessons, like it's an odd timing. Very odd. And I every time I hear it, I'm like, this something how did this chant get started? Because these people are chanting in a rhythm that makes no sense. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. Uh so also, this is one of the things democracy looks like. One of the many. Democracy yeah. looks like people orderly voting. Mm-hmm. Democracy looks like people showing up to jury duty and not shirking it. Ordering uh, a hamburger at McDonald's, I suppose. Yep. The democracy looks like people arguing in a cafe over politics. There's a lot of things democracy yep. looks like. This is one of the things. It looks like a change.org like, like, petition. Like if some of these people t- saying that this is what democracy looks like had fucking voted the last election, maybe <laughs> democracy would look something a little something different. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. Sure. Every person in that crowd voted. How about how about that? <laughs> well, then then they've got the right. Okay, they've got good. the right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So Darlene tells Elliot that she's working with the FBI, and she also tells him that Mr. Robot met up with Angela, which I, makes him remember. I love the effect of her saying that as like a literal bomb goes yeah, yeah. off in Elliot's Elliot's head. Like the sound drops out. Yeah, he can't hear anything it's, for it's a minute. Just like a shell hit him on Omaha Beach. Yeah, for sure. Uh, and. This is where I kind of want to talk about that sound stuff. But um, she tells him that Angela met up with Mr. Robot, which makes him remember that he saw Tyrell and Angela together. Um, His memory comes back. He decides, I'm going to stop Angela. And then we get like a news report on the protests outside E-Corp. So this is a big moment from Darlene. Darlene has decided to violate her immunity agreement with the FBI. Mm -hmm. Um she has come clean to her brother, I guess, in hopes of not losing him. Yeah. I think she's doing exactly the opposite of what she told Dom she would do last episode. No, I think this is the... You think this is a coordinated plan? I mean, why else have that thing? Well, because one of the theories we had was that she was fishing the Dom. Right. Um, but I, I don't understand why you would come clean to your FBI, uh, FBI handler... <laughs> which would put them on high alert for you fucking them and then go meet like they got the FBI has to be looking at this at some point or like they're just completely incompetent. Well, I'm I'm wondering if there isn't a plan that she laid out for Dom that would make sense to them. Um That's what I'm saying. That she's, yeah. that she's not enacting. She's she's off on her own plan. Yeah. Um she's using the plan with Dom as a smokescreen. Yeah. To oh. do her own thing to try and okay. save the relationship. But, but what I'm saying is, like, I to me, she has to be doing. This is like a some kind of prestige trick that she's doing in plain sight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like she's got to be being monitored by the FBI or whatever. She's not wearing a wire. She's not doing anything stupid like that. But, but the the hard part about this um, to reconcile, I guess, is that immunity clause because, like, she can't tell if she loses immunity if she tells. Uh, Elliot, unless that she's, she's working with unless, the FBI. unless she's got the approval, unless they've to modified do that. it. Like, yeah. you know, that's a good way to. But why show us that in the previously on? Is that is that a misdirection? Is probably? That... I mean, who knows? Like I said, this okay. this show's playing six ways. It's it's but but my like I said, there's 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 the plan that is her saying to Dom, I've got a new approach, and you got to trust me, and you got to do that. And then there's the yeah. actual plan, which is whatever she's trying to do, right? And why she tried to fish all this information for her. Yeah, I think that to me, the evidence suggests, unless proven otherwise, that her meeting with Elliot is a way to get because he's already not trusting her now by saying like by like this this false leveling with him yeah. is a way to get him her him to trust her again hmm. because fuck angela's lying to me darlene's lying to me but at least darlene is telling me the truth about <laughs> lying to me right so like she's got one more trust advantage over anybody else in his life okay so i guess when the, guess when the he's cards almost, are on the table you know, from the, the fbi's perspective he, he's like she's so close to being burnt anyway that they might accept the hail mary from her yeah well, uh, yeah, she's definitely setting up the, the break in this relationship then, if she's going to twist it up on Elliot. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this is the scene where I really started to notice how good the sound design was. Like you said, that, that bomb that sort of drops on Elliot uh, clears out all of the all of the chanting behind him and even Darlene for a moment. But then 
they're able to have a conversation, which is... Without being a massive distraction. Right, which is clearly audible, and there is no chanting in the background, even though you can see the crowd is still going at it. Right. Um, and the piano music here is really strong. And then once they're done with this conversation, we kind of pull out uh, with the camera, and the sound kicks back in right, in full force. And I felt like it really... It was subtle, but it was also, like, necessary. Uh-huh. And then they, I don't know, they did a great job with the sound design. It reminded me a lot of, like, in Hunt for Out October, where they did that trick where everyone's speaking in Russian for the first few minutes, and but they, they zoom in on the yeah. person's mouth, and then it switches to English, and they zoom out. It's a, it's a, the it's a simple warrior. trick, but it's like, okay, we've, we've, we've forced Sean Connery to mumble through a bunch of Russian... It's laborious. Yeah. Now you know that we're speaking Russian, and we're going to switch to English for everybody's comfort. Right. Like, we're here's the odd, and it's loud, and we're established that you can barely hear each other. Now the bomb dropped, and we're using that as a way to allow you to focus on this conversation without distraction. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, no, it's 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 really good. It's really good. Uh, you know what's not good? What? All hell breaking loose when the protesters... Good. Before we get, get there, violent. the news the news person the news yeah. personality asserts that there's 26 percent unemployment. Mm-hmm. Taught that pretty high on that because at the height of the Great Depression is 25 percent, and that didn't happen like literally overnight. That's something that it got worked up to, and there was bread lines and soup kitchens and all this other stuff. Like, how yeah. the fuck is one out of four Americans out of work, and any kind of economy is still happening? I don't know. Again, it's the mass trillions of bailout from the Chinese, the federal. It's like, I, I get it, but it's like it's, yeah. it's 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 Todd Dab. Let's move on. I mean, they're all on they're all on government welfare at this point, right? Isn't that still happening? Well, they Aren't they like, still receiving was it, allowances? Twenty five dollars a day. That's enough to I, buy I forget, two apples. I forget the exact number, but it's not I, enough to if, keep you. It's not enough to keep you fed, sheltered, and clothed for sure. But we don't know what the exchange rate is for the e coin. Like we, th- there's a lot of stuff we don't know. Yeah. Um, that's the component of top dab. We just don't know. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, okay, so all hell breaks loose, and the protesters rush into E-Corp and begin rioting. We follow them up in the elevator where we are attached uh, camera-wise to Angela at this point. Uh, she gets a call from Irving who tells her the plan is to get the package, get a package to Elliot so he can hack their way back into stage two, and instead Angela heads off to do it herself. Uh... And here's the, the one of the many dilemmas we, that I'm faced with in this episode. Yeah. Do I think Angela is able to execute <laughs> these steps? And especially when Irving later says, are you sure you got them all done, Angela? Right. And she kind of, as an unconvincing, yeah, sure I did. And right when he's about to tell us the consequences for a screw-up, uh-huh. he says, because if you didn't, then... And she interrupts him and says, I got it. Right, right. I think she didn't, right. and, and the I, so there are three keys. You can you can go on Reddit and you can see a list of the instructions that she's given. And maybe we should we should wait until we talk about that actual okay, yeah, hacking that's fine. scene. That's but fine. Uh, yeah, yeah, let's talk about it in a second. But the Congo is annexed, as we find out in this scene on the elevator ride. Yeah, uh, the vote passed. Philip got it done. My question is like. I, I guess we're supposed to understand that White Rose has her fingers in all these pies, but like the in, the Security Council was unanimous. Yeah, it I mean, had to be. Let's say, so, Tot Dab, which by the way, I got to remember, I got to explain this for it to be useful. That's that's yeah. essentially my acronym for that one thing that drives Aaron batshit crazy because there's a lot of economics and world government things that just 
just don't jibe with what I understand how the world works. Um, mm-hmm. And the idea that the Security Council of the UN could just give a sovereign country to another sovereign country seems very unrealistic and, and, and fucked up to the extreme. But Mr. Robot's universe takes place in a slightly skewed version of our universe mm-hmm. where – you know, like I said, E Corp doesn't exist in our universe. E Corp is is a conglomeration and extension of like every big corporation. It's your Dell, it's your it's your Amazon, it's your Google, it's your uh, Chase Manhattan, uh, all wrapped up in the one global conglomerate. Yeah. So it can do things that probably wouldn't happen in the real world. Right. Cuz that's like just that's just crazy the idea that that this this could happen. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it's not crazy from like I don't think in public opinion no one would give a shit like that that wouldn't crack like the top 10 list of most citizens in the world that don't live in Congo or Africa, mm-hmm. but the idea that at the UN that would just happen there's just I just, yeah. it's very it's just it seems very unrealistic to me. So it's high on a top dad, but whatever. It's a foundational thing, and they've they've spent two seasons now selling us on it, and it's just going to come down to this vote. And we assume that White Rose has as many levers in France, England, uh, and Russia right. as she does in China and America. Yeah. Uh, okay. So then a security guard gets in the elevator with Angela, and she drops the package that is already opened. Uh, the guard calls bullshit on her story, but luckily for Angela, he's killed by the rioters. Uh, Angela makes it into the room with the HSM access and begins the hack. I love the aerial shot of her like running for her life into the server room. It felt yeah. very over the door, fast zombie. Yeah, twenty eight days later kind of thing. And they didn't film it like where the people had to slow down so that she could close the door in time. No, it was they filmed it full tilt, which yeah, she always bugs me in other it. shows. I yeah. like that they did it this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so she makes in that room. An E-Corp employee catches her in the act of hacking. They, by the way, we shouldn't put up with this shit anymore. Like it's It's just a matter of blocking and setting this. Like, like you, every yeah. scene where something like this happens should feel exactly like this. Right, yeah. It doesn't we have can to be a one-ear or run shot, but, like, there should always be this sense of urgency. There shouldn't be this, like, I, I, my, my patience for, like, a ring of 30 ninjas around the hero and they uh-huh. approach him one by one or like some <laughs> bullshit that he's like, like just, just genuinely build suspense instead of the horseshit way that we've been doing it for so long in cinema. Yeah. Like, like this is, this is, this is setting the standard. We should not put up with bullshit attempts to, to create drama where there's none. Sure. I'm with you. Um, so yeah, an E-Corp employee catches Angela in the act, but the rioters chase her off in time for Angela to complete the HSM hack. Yeah, so here, let's let's talk about this hack in detail. Um, so there's a list of instructions that Angela pulls out of this package, and if you go on Reddit, you can see what those instructions are. And they essentially say, find two authorization keys, which are USB sticks, mm-hmm. uh, one of them red, one of them black, and... That's the thing that she's rummaging around in that bag for and looking for in that other room. Uh-huh. Um, and she goes, "Where? where's the USB thing? Uh-huh. Uh, that's what she's trying to find. But I only ever see her find one of those. I only see, I only see two USB sticks in action here. One, which is described as either the red or the black key, probably the black, and then a USB thumb drive, which mm-hmm. is also mentioned in the instructions. Mm-hmm. So the instructions have three... I only ever see her use two. I think that's what she fucked up is she didn't put that red key in. Well, but first. she said 
Oh, because she said she has two hard drives with her, so I assume that the two that were in the package and then the one that she found in the room were the three that she needed. I didn't. I didn't see that there were two in the package. I thought like people were speculating. Okay, oh, maybe you, you're right. Out. I didn't. I didn't see two, but she said he goes, "What's in there?" She goes, she, "She said hard drives, so implying there's more than one." But you're right. I didn't see them with my own eyes. And she's lying. And she dropped to the guy, it. Right? And she's lying. <laughs> and yeah. So. I don't know. It's it's tough to tell if she actually messed something up. Right. Because every other step she seems to follow pretty closely. Right. Um, she's basically making a backup copy of this thing so that they so, can use that to create illegitimate, legitimate software for this hardware right. to run. Well, the other thing is, like, there's this Hollywood Reporter uh, interview with one of the, the head writers and technology expert, uh, Core Adana. Yeah, I read that whole thing. Uh, he implies pretty so- strongly that Angela does, in fact, complete the hack successfully. He does, yeah. So now that's... But he's only a, a technical consultant, you know? He's just telling them, here's how the hack would go. Um, no, I get it. And it's also, it's hearsay, and it's out of universe, and he would have every incentive to bullshit and lie, because we're... I think the... <laughs> the, the uh, because the plain reading is that she she did the hack successfully, Sure. The the only reason we're saying she didn't is because we freeze framed and look at the list and counted the drives and saw there's only two and uh, she acted like a little hesitancy when when Irving started blowing her shit about it. Yeah. And I mean, I'm I'm willing to say I could be totally off on this and I just missed the third drive. Right. Like but... I'm not going to throw a fit because I because also this is one of the first times I've never really understood the hack on like like the femto oh, cell. Really? I had a problem. Mm-hmm understanding the exact mechanics but i i you know when i looked up the theme to sell and I, I saw what they were trying to do i'm like okay i understand the big picture here it's just she's hacking a thing with a thing to get a thing to happen like i don't on any level know like i i know that she's trying to run unsigned code on these hard these pieces of hardware and this well, hsm is the gateway that she's trying to 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 reprogram but how she's, she's doing not it with, though she's what she's doing is she's making a copy of it she's copying all of the keys and the object files off of the HSM. Oh, so then the dark army can... So they can, can use those to sign their own code the off guy and then, right. okay, okay, okay. And they've got their back doors. It just wouldn't run their code because it was unsigned. Okay. Um, so I, I think that's what happen- what is happening as I understand it by reading that guy's article. Um, but the thing is, I those instructions... A lot of people are saying, oh, she could have never followed these instructions. And I... I kind of agree with that. Those instructions are written for someone who's technical. Like they don't they don't say put the the thumb drive into conti- the slot, so- switch switch to this drive with right. this command, it will be mounted here, find the thing. They just say put the drive in, run this file off the drive, uh-huh. uh wait for the backup to happen and pull all the stuff out. So I got a couple things. Yeah. One is the idea that Mr. Robot has been working with her this entire weekend. That's the just most like Elliot worked with her with yeah. the femto cell, or Darlene worked with her at the femto cell to get it down. And yeah. her experience of with the femto cells has like kind of leveled her up. Uh-huh. The other possibility is that her mother personality, if we go with that <laughs> oh, theory, boy. has asserted uh-huh. itself, and like she's a lot more technically savvy and sophisticated. Mm-hmm. Um. And the other is like a, a like a, like this. I don't find convincing. At all as an appeal to like, well, she did work at a security consultancy, and she's got like she, you know, we she's 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 more with it technologically than we think she is. But season one and up until the femto cell hack of season two really did a good job of painting Angela as kind of like she's in sales and marketing. She yeah. is not in the trenches. Right. She could tell you what features they're 
their text and, and can why it's offer, and, and why it's but, good to have but yeah. like executing herself is way beyond especially at like an elliot level right so the the one that's most but here's the thing the most convincingly i agree is the fact that mr robot and and we're not we're not privy to this you spent all weekend drilling this with her mm-hmm. but but we also know that this is a contingency plan yeah that came but, because they tried to execute the hack at 607 a.m and it failed so like there's no fucking way Mr. Robot could have planned for the contingency, right? Because that's what Irving said. Hmm. Like, like we know they tried to blow it up. It failed. So Irving said, we hit a snag. But Here's this how is, we fix this it. This is Tyrell's plan in action. And I don't know exactly when we see Tyrell tell Irving, I've got a plan, but it's going to require the full force of the Dark Which Army. Which obviously is, okay, okay, that's but, true. But then but why did they say hit plan. a snag? Almost like in plan, like, yeah. like. That doesn't hmm. saying like this. This particular version of it is a contingency that I feel is 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 last minute. Is there a reason they might have tried it knowing it would fail? Well, it could have been just scheduled. But it could have been just a scheduled thing. That the other thing is Tyrell can't tell them that it failed. Right. Um, he can't tell Irving that Elliot's not working with him anymore. Right. Uh, for all of the implied consequences that Angela talks about last episode. Right. So. Clearly, Irving, the idea that that Elliot's not working with him does not... Because that... Yeah, she couldn't find Elliot, but if she did find Elliot, Elliot wouldn't have done this. Elliot would have used that access to... And and there's also some some sharp-eyed Redditors freeze-framed, and there's actually a scene of Elliot running through the 23rd floor in the background of Angela leaving the scene. So right, like he, getting there just a little he, too late. He, he saw his opportunity when everyone started rioting the building to go in there and and fix it, but yeah. he's he's too late and he 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 fails. Yep. Um, no, I mean, like I said, like there's, I don't think this is sloppy storytelling. I no, it's too God soon no. to tell it's sloppy tor- storytelling because <laughs> uh-huh. uh, it could be sloppy storytelling. This show's capable of it. I just think it's it's too soon for us to. We're just talking about what the evidence is showing right now. Yeah, it could change as the weeks go on. But I'd like to see a theory trying to reconcile the notion that this is this is Tyrell's plan, and that also the Dark Army tried to execute it outside of that plan at 6 a.m. on that morning. Yeah. Well, it could be, like you said, that Tyrell and Angela and Elliot slash Mr. Robot are not fully being honest with Irving about the state of where they're at. Yeah, I don't think they can be. Otherwise, uh, they might all be done. <laughs> Although, like I said, I, I don't know that White Rose would think that. Like, you know, yeah. White Rose would make some, you know, cryptic Maybe. statement about the inevitability of time and, and the usefulness of idiots and berate her her assistant for not speaking english and then stare off camera enigmatically <laughs> <laughs> while calling yep. while calling frank and telling him to really push that trump angle <laughs> yeah they do that in this episode too i yeah. think it's i think it's yeah we the see next we scene. see him taking his marching orders and saying uh-huh. that it's like you know united states is a laughing stock on a world stage better luck trump i was surprised that there were no cameras in the hsm access room there's got to be it, no, I didn't see look, any, but okay, no but fucking my God. way does that place not have yeah. security, right? No so, fucking way. So what the hell, man? I mean, Angela's caught, then, yeah. I think there's several things that or point they, to the fact that she's caught. Or are they going to destroy all the records? I don't know how they could. It's probably all linked to the cloud at this point. Yeah, like, like I don't, I don't know, but like there's, there's a couple things because um, you remember this. This is something off of Reddit that like 
when Dom went to go talk to the forensic computer people that were part of the New York Police Department that were investigating yeah. um, Lenny Lester. Ro- Ro- was it? I thought it was Roman or something like that. That might have been his code name. Yeah. Uh, anyway, the guy that got shot last season, and he, she's he's he's saying to her, "It doesn't matter that I'm handling this stuff because I'm wearing gloves." And she goes, well, "It doesn't matter because you sneezed." Right. And then there's there's a there's, has a scene of Angela like rubbing her eyes, her tear filled eyes from the from the tear gas uh, with her gloved hands, and then yeah. she's touch that she is like going back and like not trusting gloves because she's still polishing. But I I, I bet there's enough. There's enough physical evidence that you could probably detect it, but then again, yeah. it'd probably be the easiest thing in the world for dark Ar- the dark army to to erase all that stuff too. Sure. Uh, all right, let's move on to Angela getting the hell out of there. Uh, she uses an F society mask and a hoodie to protect herself from the riders as she makes her way to the elevator. Uh, she calls Irving and she gives him the name of the woman who saw her, and Irving tells her to give the package to the delivery man on her floor, which she does. And the episode ends when Elliot shows up and asks if there's something she wants to tell him. Uh, yeah, and this is where you can kind of see Elliot run by in the background. We know he got there too late, obviously. Um, but he, <laughs> this confrontation, man, I can't, I can't wait until next week until we get to hopefully there, there won't be like a flashback episode or something in between it. But I want to see the resolution of this scene with Angela and Elliot. Right. Super excited about that. Yeah, because, you know, from his point, he thinks both of the women in his life, the angel and the devil, have both betrayed him. Uh-huh. So, you know, going forward, he's got to choose one to, to, to trust, right? Yeah. Uh, I'm kind of curious. I, I don't know if this is intentional, but I'm not sure where the blood on this F Society mask comes from. It's not blood. It, I think it's it's actually the pepper spray. It's like it's like a dark orange, really red yeah. hot. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Um, but it's also flipped over when she comes back to it. Like it was face down, and now it's face up. Huh. I don't know. Um, I, don't even, I don't even know what. What are you trying to suggest? I, I'm not suggesting anything. I just noticed an in in continuity. Is there also anything to like the the call and response they have? Like when Irving calls her, he says Marlin Spike, and she says Moxie, kind of like the thunder and lightning the ally had in in, in D Day. Like, I don't remember. Uh, I don't know. They used other code words at the beginning of this, too. Right, right, right. Sure. I wonder. Like, I think I think that was cool, and I don't need to know more about it. I just want to point it out that they're, like. Yeah, like a call um, and response thing. Making sure that they're that, that, that no one's been compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so the other thing, I guess, to think the, about. The organ music, too, in this scene is, like, making me lose my fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. It's like full it's Phantom good. of the Opera, Act 3 stuff. Uh, we are left wondering, I guess, what Elliot was doing during the Angela scenes, but I think we can infer a lot. Yeah, there wasn't that much time unaccounted for, and right. him running amok, trying to blend into the rioters and make his way to the 23rd floor, I think would solve most of those missing time problems. Yeah. This bunny, what's the significance of this guy in the bunny suit, who I guess has been dubbed as the hamburger guy okay. by the production staff? That's how they refer to him. Uh-huh, because he's always eating the red wheelbarrow. Because he gave her something that ended her life, it seemed like. Like, she, she, I, she whatever he gave her, he looked, she read and, like, was on the verge of sobbing, it looked like. the A list of names of everybody that she just killed with the explosion <laughs> no i mean no, she maybe. didn't obviously i i think it was evacuated but yeah something happens to her there and i'm not sure what it is right she's like not in a position to do battle with elliot emotionally 
Yeah. Uh, we got... And then in the way they he's like something you have something you want to tell me and the, like the alarms are blaring and they're standing staring at each other like it's just a great just a great well constructed scene. Wouldn't it have been something that was meant for Elliot? Interesting. Since Irving didn't know that she was going to be the one to do the hack or bring the package to that guy. You would think that Irving would have enough time to call Hamburger Man to smooth out anything it's like when you read yeah. this eliminate angela as the asset she is no longer like uh-huh. you know he he would think to call hamburger guy and be like ixnay on the whole ilke angela a <laughs> thing uh yeah i don't know man um that's interesting i hope we find out what it is but i don't know when we will next week is the real-time backstory of irving <laughs> from the okay. time he was 17. Great. <laughs> it's going to last the next three seasons. How many windows did that guy get pushed out of? <laughs> that's the, the answer's not zero. Yeah. Uh, and that's the end of the episode. There are apparently 31 hidden cuts in this episode. 31! I believe it. Because there's there's a couple that I saw that I... Like, every time they focused in on a monitor, every time they focused in on a news report, every time... Like, I felt like I saw... When they were going around the outside, the 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 female anchor that was was in front of a green screen, and they mm-hmm. stitched that together. When the dark, when the protesters are running through the doors, and there's like a, a, a dense layer of fog. Uh-huh. Um, when they when the camera like pushed through a glass surface, I thought they used that to stitch together different scenes. A lot of backpacks and hoodies and. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I, I thought like you—you you can see a lot of them. It's we, not. It, it's. I mean, you don't. I mean, you have to look for them. Mm-hmm. But I mean, there's some that are obvious. Like every time they zoom into a monitor to watch something, that's that's a that's a cut. For sure. Yeah. Um. Probably anytime you go through a door, things like that, or like mm-hmm. a lot of times a camera would swing and like pass over a painting or a wall, and mm-hmm. you know, digital technology. It's just. It's a lot. It's a lot less impressive than when Scorsese did in Goodfellas. <laughs> right. Uh, what's the next escalation in this style? Like, do twenty four? Uh, do do like a se- a whole season, like a like full this. season, like a, a just full real time. time, and not and don't do any bullshit cheats like like in in the, the twenty four series. Yeah, like Netflix just drops the next. Yeah, like HBO or Netflix. They're and they're really the only ones that could get away with that because on basic yeah. cable or network, you got to have commercials. You can maybe right. do one episode like this, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I got to applaud USA. I mean, for even keeping a oh, show like really, this on the air. Yeah, they're really, they're really go. And I think, I mean, who knows? There's still several episodes they could fuck this up. But mm-hmm. this has been a really strong season. It has uh, been very and, strong, and it's got a lot of, it's got a lot of splashy stuff in it, but also not splashy for splash sake. And that's the kind of stuff that. Mm-hmm. Tends to do well at Emmy time, and they've already gotten this idea that Remy Malik is just doing good work, and like there's there's that kind of bias the Emmys have too. So it wouldn't surprise me if USA just keeps this afloat as long as it's a critical darling. Yeah, and like it seems like universally this season has been, you know, hailed as quote unquote much better than last last one. I certainly yeah. think so. Uh, yeah, I'm. I mean, I get a lot of people like season, season two, and I didn't hate it, but. Um, I, yeah, I think this season is just like, I felt like they, they just took all the fat off of it. Yeah. It's been relentless. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I mean, allowing them to do this in favor of making this awesome, artfully crafted thing instead of just selling airtime to advertisers. Right. I think is like 
really awesome. Yeah, and then like I, I I've been thinking about how we can use our platform to because we got like, you know, we're doing the we're doing season two of break of uh, doing season two of Game of Thrones, and we still get quite a few viewers. Like, mm-hmm. we could we could reach a number that's equivalent to ten percent of Mister Robot's audience <laughs> if we spent like all of our housekeeping for Game of Thrones and be like, look. We don't do this often, but everyone mm-hmm. should. Watch. But I, I feel a little gun shy because I would hate to shine that big a light and have people like watch all of season one and then like season two, which I think I, I've heard from several people that's that's much better. Even if you didn't like it, it's much better on a binge mm-hmm. okay. because you're not overanalyzing everything on Reddit. And then like, I, I, but I'm just worried. Like I'm, I, I don't quite have the rock solid, unshakable faith in S mail. That I do in like you know season three of Lindelof and Leftovers or uh, you know Nolan and Joy from uh, Westworld like uh-huh. there's the or or the 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 Duffer Brothers from Stranger Things after season two like I'm a little I, I feel like I I got this platform and I want to use it because I I'd hate to see this show die and languish if it's going to be this good going forward but mm-hmm. yeah my absolute nightmare scenario is that we get through this season. And it's only at the very absolute end of it that stage two actually goes off. Yeah. That, to me, would be a huge disappointment. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I don't I don't. <laughs> and it's know. something it that he surprisingly how... did in season two, you it, know? It could be that, like, obviously I don't think they can do no commercials, no cuts the rest of the season. But, like, what mm. if I told you this rest of the season is going to happen over this day? Hmm. And stage two is like the climax that happens sometime in the late. I don't know. Afternoon. The trouble is, it doesn't happen in a day for me. It happens over the course of five weeks. So I'm saying, like, I I don't want to draw a line in the sand. Like, I, there's definitely ways a show could disappoint me, but like, I I'm not going to say like just because phase two doesn't go off before the very end of the season. It depends on how the season's constructed. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that would make it two seasons. One season for phase one, two seasons for phase two. Don't Let's not even talk about phase three because the show will be over three. by then, right? Yeah. Uh, but you know, that, I, that could definitely disappoint me. That's one of the ways. I do. And maybe the way, the way we do is because we got the Baldies coming up, our annual award show in January. Maybe if, if Mr. Robot's good, the way we shine a light on it and give it a platform is to... Yeah. Uh, you know, give it give it massive props for the season. Yeah. Um, we actually didn't talk about the most the, the coolest shot in my opinion, which is the one where Angela's hacking and we kind of go over the the edge of the building. Uh-huh. And we see like half a screen's worth of Angela hacking and half of the protest outside from above. Uh-huh. I thought that was a really cool shot. Yeah, yeah. Maybe one of the coolest in the whole episode. Yeah, it's a way of like this is and, and and the way it was shot made her look larger than life. Like it's this mm-hmm. is one person versus this giant backdrop of everything that's happening in the world, but she is the fulcrum in which all this is being moved. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was they're they're like uh, yeah, the visuals this was just really impressive. Really imp- impressive visual storytelling that I'd put up with anything that I've I I've seen previous. All right. That's it for the episode. Before we get the feedback, I want to talk about our club, a club.baldmove.com. It's how we support ourselves primarily. We're we're much more listener-supported and and not as much ad-focused right now. Uh, And the reality is is the only way that we're able to do a Mr. Robot podcast, and we have time to do that, is because we can do this as a full-time job. We're privileged to be able to to talk about television and movies. It's, it's It's a great gig, 
and all of our bosses are all of the people and the club members. And we try to teach, we, we try to keep our employers happy by giving a lot of premium content. There's all kinds of stuff we do. Like, uh, like on Fridays, we do lunch with Jim and Aaron, which is a variety Q&A type video audio podcast extravaganza we've got quips we've got let's plays we've got uh, in fact next week we're gonna have a let's play of the wolf of wall street the wolf among us i've said that so many times as a joke that it's actually become become not the punchline it's it's the main course uh tons of stuff at club.ballmove.com if you go there right now uh, it'll take you to a page where you can see the pitch. In fact, it's not just a pitch. There's actually every piece of that extended extra content we have a sample for you to try. And if that's not enough, you get the first 30 days free to sample as much as you want. Uh, and you can get all that at club.baldmove.com. It keeps our bits flowing. It keeps our hard drives spinning. It keeps our mics and lights on. Uh, and we thank you for everybody's support in advance. Club.baldmove.com. Do we have any feedback? We do. We have a little bit of feedback. Uh, Mike P., after hearing your discussion about Darlene's potential demise, and by the way, you can send us in, robotatballmove.com. After hearing your discussion about Darlene's potential demise, Mike P. says, in a fiery plane crash, I couldn't help but wonder, is it possible she might end, in a, end up in a plane heading over Albuquerque, New Mexico, at which point it will be revealed that she is one of the victims in the crash of season two of Breaking Bad. No, that would only happen on AMC. Sure, there's a seven-year time gap, but maybe she travels through time, portal caused by White Rose or some shit. Maybe a turbine breaks off during the process, causing the crash down on the Darko household. I can't tell whether Mike P is taking the piss on us or like poking gentle fun or making fun of like the idea that we are going... Like all in on some of the crazier theories, or at least we're open to them. Uh, I wasn't sure if this is a hostile act or not. What do you think, uh, <laughs> Mike? P, did, did you did you work to the hostile. end of your list? Did you work to the end of your list? I'll, I'll just because say, if you didn't, you're supposed to interrupt me. Oh, I got it. <laughs> I didn't feel attacked. That's okay. all I'm going to say. Okay, me neither. I'm just trying to trying to be funny about the funny email. <sighs> And that's too late. Miles L., we got to move on. Love tonight's episode. Thought the single take was an ambitious choice. Did you get a video game vibe from S or Elliot's evasion of E-Corp security? It reminded me a lot of the Splinter Cell series combined with the office escape scene from the first Matrix movie. Huh. It's interesting because one okay. other person that right after this email also compared it to Splinter Cell. Weird. Which I played the first two games and like, you know... It's a much less shooty version of that, because yeah. uh, maybe I played Splinter Cell wrong. I tend to. Like, I wasn't much for the sneaking around. It's more like, yeah. I'll, I'll stealth kill the first guy or two, and, ah, oh, shit, an alarm, time to, time to pull out the assault rifle. Yep. <laughs> That's where I always got to with those games as well. Yeah. Like, I don't, I, I don't, I, I must play those stealth games wrong, because I just found it impossible to be stealthy. You have to be very slow and methodical in those things. Do you? Otherwise. Because I feel like that you're supposed to like make snap decisions on where to go. Because every time I sat and looked mm. at a person's patrol route, they always found me. Oh, hmm. so like maybe like I'm playing it too slow and cautious, and you're <laughs> supposed to be a little bit more run and like run and like make snap decisions. I don't know. Doesn't matter. Mister Robot as a video game series would kind of be cool. Maybe, depending on which character Did you, you ever are. Play that Watchdog. I didn't. Because no. that might actually be Mr. Robot, the video game, and I've just never played it. 
One specific thing that struck to me or stuck out to me is the music choice for the elevator scenes with the counting. Once I played it a second time, I, I figured there must be some significance to it. The song is called Knee Play Number One, composed by Philip Glass for the opera Einstein on the Beach. Yeah. In the Wikipedia article, Glass defines a knee play as an interlude between acts and the knee, refers to the joining function that humans and anatomical knees actually perform. I thought the comparison that the show's meaning has with the elevator... Right, I love that the comparison that the show's meaning has with the elevator. It's used as a joining function between floors of a building. Uh, yeah, and you get that feeling when you're listening to it because the counting starts off very slow. Yeah. And there's a scene where uh, Ellie gets out of the elevator and it just kicks into high gear. The counting it also, that's, goes into hyperspeed. It's a, it's a brilliant use because like these are all the same floors. Right. So like being able to just open and close a door and being at it and being at someplace different is, is really cool. Yeah, yeah. We didn't talk about how they, they only got one floor of an office building for this. Right. And the process to do this sounded fucking insane. Like people as the camera goes around, like removing the flyout walls for the cubicles and, and camera operators, uh going over boom mic operators who were ducked down and and yeah, it just sounds fucking the, insane. The blocking, the choreography to make all this work, yeah. is is pretty insane. And I guess the first, the first one they shot was Elliot walking out of the elevator to Samir, and they got twenty five takes, and their camera operator collapsed. <laughs> and <laughs> and Esmail and like because they were supposed to get it done in like three hours, and it's uh-huh. like all day. And Esmail's like, you know what? Let's break for dinner. And regroup, and then they got a different guy, I think, or maybe the other guy recovered, and they got it in two more takes. And he's like, because he he was like sweating, like this is the first fucking scene. Yeah, holy shit, this is not going to work. Um, and like you know the the, the the pressure to bail at any one time. So uh, yeah, I think if anybody's going to win like an award for the style of this episode, it should be the DP because. The photography in this. Well, just the planning. Fucking shit, Just yeah. the planning that went into all of this and stitching it all together. And I think that's what the DP does, right? I thought the DP is just a director of photography. He's essentially the guy yeah, to make sure Yeah, but he would sure block all the shots good. and everything. Yeah, probably. But he, would he actually choreograph the, like, this guy's going over here, and the boom mics guy's got to crouch there? Like, I, I felt like I it's a, it was something that, like, all the disciplines would really have to come together. They would, yeah. To, to pull off. Um, but yeah, thanks for that for that that musical musical breakdown. Jared from Kansas City with our final email. Well, after reading some reviews and thoughts on the forum, since we are so over the top, I thought it was is good to include someone that's kind of skeptical. Okay, I think I'm going to say be in the minority and say I don't love this episode. I don't wouldn't say I hated <laughs> it or anything. I guess the problem I have is did we really need this real time one shot format? It seemed like a gimmicky episode just for the sake of being a gimmick. Seemed like a lot of this uh, change for the sake of change thing. I'm just not sure exactly what benefit it brought to the episode. And I'm trying to figure out what exactly got accomplished this episode as far as moving the plot forward, minus the Darlene reveal. Obviously, it's all part of stage two, but we have no idea what or why it was done. So just more questions we're left with. And I, on the whole Angela taking over them task meant for Elliot, why are they still giving tasks to Elliot when it's revealed last episode that they, he had been sabotaging them? Because they don't know that. Yeah, they being Dark Army don't, yeah. and Irving don't, like, like Elliot, uh, Angela and Tyrell are hiding that from, from yes. the powers that be. So that they don't get eliminated, is, is their thought. Um, but it's like, I mean, it's... I think if you get set in your mind that this is just a gimmick, then 
it's 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 hard for the episode to break out of that because you're right they didn't have to tell the story this way no i think they saw an opportunity to tell the story this way and they took it and they executed it at a very high level but it's one of those things where like once you see a magic trick you know you're not going to be entertained by watching it so if you've just decided that this is artificial and especially like like i i there's a lot of people on Reddit just blowing this episode for it being in it. Just like, oh, no one's ever done a one take. Right. Well, they didn't either. 31 takes. It yeah. was very artfully disguised. But mm-hmm. to me, like, that's the thing. Like, I didn't spend a lot of time talking about, like, how amazing it was in a way that I did the seven minutes of, like, what, episode four of season one of True Detective. Because right. the technical difficulty here was not nearly as high. And to me, it was very obvious where they were hiding the cuts. Mm-hmm. It, it served a dramatic and narrative purpose very, very well. Yeah, the intensity they developed in this episode was off the charts. Yes. Um, I, I think... Like I, like I said, I really, like, it, it It blew me away the first time I realized that, like, dark the Dark Army had already tried to blow up the building. And, like, when Elliot was jammed in that stairwell and when he was trying to awkwardly buy time in the conference room, like, it really got me going on a flight-or-fight level. Yeah. For sure. Uh, I do understand the impulse to kind of write this off as a gimmick um, because I I will say for as good as I think this episode is, I thought last episode had a better, tighter narrative. And and the thing about it is like you're when you do something like this, you're essentially dismissing a hundred plus years of filmmaking techniques in favor of doing something that which is, is out of the norm yeah right and it's the very definition of a stunt like the the filmmaking techniques of the last hundred years have been developed to tell a tight cohesive narrative uh-huh. um as as well as possible and i think and there was a little you risk that- disaster when you do something like this and the fact that it didn't end in disaster that i didn't hate this episode that i thought the narrative was almost as tight as anything else i've seen yeah. on mr robot is a testament to how well they did it but yeah Ultimately, yeah, I mean, I I don't disagree that this is maybe not, like, the tightest, most complex, interesting episode they've ever but done. But it, feel, it feels a little bit like Jared went into a haunted house without attitude that this is, uh, this is just a bunch of fakey bullshit that's not going to yeah, be scary. For sure. And then when... Whereas another person went in, like, letting them uh, uh, believe... Uh-huh. And get caught up in it, and then they come out and they're like, "Oh, that's just like a fake haunted house." And the other guy's like, "Oh my god, it's so amazing!" Like, yeah, and I, but I get it, like, because when you were saying that, I'm like, "You're right." There are several minutes of fat in this episode that you could have trimmed because, like, there's it's unavoidable. Like watching Angela type on this thing, mm-hmm. if you're divorced from the tension of it, that's just watching someone fuck with a computer for a couple of minutes. Uh huh. And, like, the elevator trips and some of that stuff. Like, I saw that as building tension, and I was trying to figure out, like, what the hell's going on? Whereas if you're just seeing it critically, like, well, in a conventional thing, this we I wouldn't have to sit and watch, you know. Or even, like, this, thematically. All these transitions and whatnot. There's stuff that you just can't do in real time thematically. Yeah. Um, or or not even thematically, but logistically. Like, they couldn't go off to Philip. You know, they couldn't sure. go off to White Rose. They couldn't yeah. get any of those characters in. Except through, like, a phone call or something. And if yeah. we needed to see something important from them that would have made the story better, we can't do it. So it, it's how well they worked within those limitations that really impressed me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that this was, like, the most amazing episode of television that I've ever seen. Yeah. No, I'm, I 
I agree. And I think that putting the emphasis on how awesome the stunt is and not like d- what what kind of emotion and frame of mind and urgency it imparts because it's yeah yeah like i mean i'm not going to say i mean obviously we talked about how difficult it was because i i think some of the difficulty like when they're jumping up and they're going through like a a, a, an overhead plan of the building and watching angela like narrowly get the door slammed in, in the dark army slash protesters faces like that was technically cool mm-hmm. but you know again it's not like this was a 43 minute single take live thing right it's more of like this is this is a, this was a special effect and you can have special effects that are stupid like you can have a michael mm-hmm. bay cgi robots punch each other for half an hour and who gives a shit yep. or you can have I don't know what's a star, what's a special effects movie to re- like like the Matrix. The Matrix, yeah. Matrix, I popped in special effects, but they all did things to induce a particular feeling of awe or terror or unreality that was all intentional on the filmmaker. And I feel like from that from that sense, like Sam gets really high marks for me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That is uh, that is our coverage of Mr. Robot for this week. We'll be back next week for. Another adventure in real-time podcasting. Because there were zero cuts. There were zero cuts in this episode. That's right. Of podcast. Yeah. We did it live. Probably that's not true. true. I made, like, we, two cuts. And also, like, we have to do housekeeping and an ad, so that's all yeah. I'm going to later. You, you see, broke the illusion. I did. I did. This, uh... Uh, we and, and <laughs> can we make a meta narrative like there's protesters trying to break down the door and we're <laughs> just just getting it in under the wire and I found the USB cable and the XLR mics and uh, all right we're just just stage bullshitting two now. of bald move is about to begin robot at baldmove.com if you'd like to give us feedback don't forget about the forums forums.baldmove.com where we have an episode a thread for every episode of Mr. Robot and all the other shows we do and follow us along on social media if you want to know the second that our stuff drops. And we will see you back next week. Until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. See ya.